thanks for tuning in to the Writers of Color Reading Series, a podcast presented by the Englert Theater and hosted by me, Chuy Rentadilla. Hyper lessons, in between smoke sessions, turn tragedy to blessings. The grandfathers speak mad wisdom. Like we kick back and listen, like the earth change every season. Pray for the seeds and those that come after. Moments capture, captured, sketches, erect fire in my head. Space sometimes be dead. Sun sets in the west, rises in the east. Sometimes we do things backwards, like going down a one-way street. Put down tobacco and meet your prayers halfway. There's a new day. Today, we are joined by Dawson Davenport. Uh, Dawson Davenport is a Meskwaki from the Meskwaki Settlement. A 2019 UI grad with a degree in art, Dawson uses various mediums to showcase his art. Dawson draws his inspiration from his life experience and his Meskwaki way of life. Dawson, it is a pleasure to have you with us. Your, your name has been on, on the shortlist of the guests that we wanted to talk to you from the very beginning and and I'm really excited to like have it finally come to fruition. How are you doing today? I'm doing good and I'm really uh, grateful and honored to be a part of this. So I thank you all who was involved with with this, uh, putting this together. Yeah. And usually I, I start off um, asking folks, you know, what their journey was. And a lot of times, you know, I'm talking to students that came from all different parts of the country. And for you, I think, A, it's just like, you know, what brought you specifically like to the University of Iowa, but also like, I think we can zoom out and just talk about like your art and kind of like your art journey and how that led to writing as well. Because I think you and I are really similar in that we dabble then we do lots of different types of, of mediums so if you just kind of want to talk about your history and your relationship with art that'd be really cool it really started from when i was uh younger you know being a, a native you kind of grow up around um, arts and crafts with you know the powwow growing up in that way of life dancing and you know being in a Meskwaki community it was really like you know we kind of are taught to dance and to sing. And then from there, it kind of, um, you see your relatives making the um, powwow outfits. And at some point for me, it was like, I was taught how to uh, do those things. My grandmother would show me how to make, you know, beadwork and, and sewing and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always been kind of embedded in me. You know, I've always been, you know, kind of along those lines of being an artsy type of person. And then um, I had a brother, uh, Will, um, he, rest in peace, he passed away. But um, he was like a big inspiration for me as well. Uh, growing up, he was a really, really amazing artist, you know, as, as kids and stuff. And so he would always um, show me his drawings and being a little brother to him, you know, I've always wanted to like copy him and and try to do what he did because it was so cool to me. He could like draw Bart Simpson. He could draw all of these cartoon characters at that time. And so it was always really um, fascinating to me to, to do that. And 
you know, so I would draw or trace his stuff and, you know, tell people that I drew it. And eventually, you know, he would always encourage me to do my own thing. You know, he would talk about shading and talk about things like that just to, um, you know, make me, I guess, my own artist. And, And so, you know, that was kind of like, you know, in my younger years as a kid, my mother had, uh, you know, been a, a student at the um, Institute of American Indian Arts. You know, she has a degree from there. And when she would come home, she would have um, po- poem books. And, um, you know, like their class or whatever would put an anthology together. And so I would always um, kind of look through those things and was really like captivated by um, poetry. You know, growing up in, in like middle school and high school, I was into band got into music because of I wanted to like be a hip hop person. And so that's what really kind of really got me uh, going with with um, writing and, and poetry. You know, education, you know, that was kind of um, something that wasn't really stressed upon me growing up. I've always wanted to get a higher education. I've always, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to community college and, and took all the art classes and, you know, writing was always kind of there, but I never really shared my stuff with anybody. I never really put it out there that I, I too write poems or I do, um, you know, have like beats at home and and make my own music at home and I rap and I do stuff like that. So, and then, you know, you get older and people are like, um, you know, you're that old guy still trying to rap. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I don't want to be that dude either. So, <laughs> so I started to, um, yeah, pursue my art. And then my counselor there was like, what are you going to do when you graduate? I said, I, I have no idea. All I'm really good at is art. And she was like, you ever think about um, going to art school? And I was like, yeah. I was, I was kind of jokingly saying, I, I've always wanted to go to the University of Iowa. And she said, well, why don't you try it? And so I did. I applied. I got accepted. And so that's when um, my eyes really opened, like, wow, I, I actually i am a part of this now. And I had started a radio show. I had started um, uh, bringing a lot of awareness there in Iowa City about Native issues because I always loved educating people. I love sharing our history. I really, um, I switched majors and I went to, uh, to the art program. And that's where I really found, uh, I guess, myself as an artist. I was like, I can make all of these things. I can, I can do all of these. And people will look at it and see. And people will know that when I get this degree, I'm a legit artist, that I'm not just, you know, messing around. I went to some uh, open mic poetry events, you know, on campus and all these orgs were putting on these little events and stuff. And so I was like bored and, and kind of um, wanting to express myself. I had some friends in the writer's program. They were inspiring me and with their work and their writing. And I was like, hey, I got some poems, you know, and I'd share it with them. And they would be like, you know, you can, you can, you're a good poet. Why don't you keep you know, doing that? And, and so I just went by myself to these events.
The clandemic has resurged up north in Murder Soda. Used to be Minnesota, named by a beautiful people. Now it's this land ruined by bloodshed of young black men. More will be murdered soon with the coming oil carriers being forced upon natives, primary food source. What's new? The clandemic has spread into the lives as we've seen play out. Sacrifice one to protect the system, pushing the barriers of the system to see what they can get away with. And we've seen with our own eyes, the different lives, watched it all unfold with no punishment. There was a PR campaign to make it not look so bad, made for TV, but we watched it from multiple perspectives. We watched this pandemic explode and there is no care except to let it play itself out. I see myself so much in your journey, man. I I, I can relate because I was like you in that. I, I, I drew like a kid when I was a kid, like crazy, right? That was my first love. And, you know, I wrote and I did all these things for myself. Of course I danced, right? And then, but it was like all, like it was like me and my homies, right? In my garage, it was, you know, me and my friends working. It wasn't this like, uh, like institutional education, right? And then when I got into the university, I did the same thing. I went to Kirkwood Community College first, got my associates, and then went into dance at the University of Iowa. And and it was that really hard realization where it's like you you doubt yourself or you doubt that you're worthy or your work is worthy enough. And then it's like you find the people that can like lift you up or the, that can show you the way, right? And how do you think that hip hop influences like your process, your art, your identity now, nowadays. Cause you, like, I love that thing where you talked about, uh, you don't want to be like the, the old hip hop guy or whatever, like the guy like rapping. I have the same thing. And it's like, it's almost like compounded, like crazy for me. Cause I was like, I don't, I, I, I mean, I want to dance until I can't dance no more. Right. Until my knees go out, I say, but it's also like, Hey, I'm not going to be trying to be like, the best b-boy in the planet when I'm for, like you can't you can't be that when you're 40 right like there's always going to be young bucks that are like 16 years old that can like do like fuck 50 spins in your face right but it's like I think that's a really interesting relationship as we get older hip-hop's a young person's culture but we still love it right and we still want to be it so if you could talk a little bit about like your kind of take on hip-hop and how it how it's influencing you to this day or how you're using it to this day that'd be really cool i kind of just switched that format to um writing lyrics to switching it to poetry um form sometimes i get caught up into um like i am i am writing a lyric or something you know and i've been told that you know sometimes when i read my poetry it sounds like you're trying to you're trying to spit lyrics and it's like that's how i really started writing poems was writing lyrics and getting that uh, cadence in my head. And, you know, when I was younger, that's how it would come out. Do you usually write to music? Sometimes, yeah. I um, have a friend who's um, who's a hip hop artist and, you know, he'll send me music. 
like it's 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 so amazing that I'm still kind of in the poetry and writing because I think now that that I'm older, I have a little bit more wisdom under my belt. I have a little bit more uh, insight. You know, I'm not saying I'm the smartest dude in the world or nothing, but you know, my life experience is a little bit more than a 21 year old. I hate to admit, but I'm grown up. You know, so. <laughs> yep. Same here. <laughs> it really helps to to have that, I guess. do people, mortals, sit upon the land? Not only do buildings and concrete roads, let us not forget that so do the prayers of the people. Millions of grandfathers people, tobacco that left the hands of men, women, and child, teaching the waters, the trees, the plants, thrown in the fires in hopes of giving millions of generations that are coming after to be graced by the light that comes between day and night, the first light. Let us not forget the drums and rattles shake the earth and millions of lexicons whispered by. Song brought the clouds of life pouring on the time we all cherish. And before we we go, you have so many things that you're doing right now that I think that the people need to know. Uh, so if you could give like a rundown, like on, on like where you're at right now, and, and like water talk and uh, all the things that you got going on, I, I think it'd be really like awesome for people to hear. Oh yeah, so um, uh, entrepreneurial minded, pretty much, you know. Um, and so I'm always thinking of how I can put other people on, other native artists other uh, indigenous artists. I, I do my fashion brand still, I do my clothing, um, but I also created this uh, stay home poetry writing series where um, you know I get indigenous artists to come in and uh, show, showcase their poems. And usually I have a hip hop artist with that. I created this water talk with Dawson Davenport, which is um, pretty much that interviewing these artists so people can know our our creative process and what we go through to create our art and to be seen and to be heard. Um, but I'm also uh, working on this art gallery here in Iowa City, you know, Indigenous People's Art Gallery and Cafe, where um, it's with that same idea of putting natives on, you know, putting natives uh, on a stage and giving them the platform, not just well-known artists, but those up and coming artists, because I know what it's like to not have that, especially there in Iowa City. You know, they have so many beautiful events, so many things that I've been a part of and I, I went and watched when I was a student there that I, I noticed that our voice wasn't present and it should be present because uh, that's kind of our land at one time, you know? Uh, Iowa City is uh, where Meskwaki people have been. And so that's why I created my art gallery. That's why I do all of these things is because 
you know, we, we need to be heard, especially here in Iowa. You know, I love educating. I love history. I love sharing our stories. And, you know, there's so many, so many beautiful indigenous people out there, you know, whose stories need to be heard. And so that's, that's why I, I pretty much have all of these things going on because, you know, drive ambition, empowerment, progression in all natives. You know, I really live by that. I, I take that to heart and it's changed my life living by that ideology. It's really, it's really cool. And I'm very blessed and grateful to be in, in this position that I'm in. You know, it's a lot of hard work. I just want people to know too, I'm a one man army. So everything I'm doing, it's pretty much me creating a broadcast production company and all of these things that I'm doing, you know, Black Thunder Productions is something I'm working on right now to bring what I'm telling you, all of these things, all of these stories into uh, actual production because um, we need to be heard. And the thing is, if you look now, there's a lot of uh, native writers coming out with things. You know, there's a, a new new series on uh, on FX coming called Reservation Dogs. There's a movie being uh, made with uh, native actors uh, directed by um, Scorsese. And then there's uh, Rutherford Falls on Peacock that all has indigenous native writers. And so I think it's our time now to start coming out and show, showing our, our artwork and our poetry and our stories. For sure, man. And I, I love that in, in a very tiny, tiny way, like our series could give you a platform to speak on all these things. And, you know, hopefully the listeners and out there can, you know, we'll, we'll of course have all your social media and stuff too. So like, you know, when, when this drops, we'll, you know, help to elevate and get that message out because yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's your time. It's our time, my time speaking for myself in the Mexican, you know, American like experience, like, like things are happening. Right. So thank you again, man, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, we're all the same, you know, um, we're all related, so we got to remember that. Language is vital a unique scripture coursing in our veins, painted murals we carry within us, explanations we can give to those on the way, our DM to the creator, or the mile markers we pass as we travel to dance on concrete, hearing a language echo off the stadium-packed arena. Language is more than a tribal ID card we present for a gas discount. Language is the flying saucer, the spaceship, the fire that hears our whispers. It is paramount. We lost bits and pieces of our language along the way, some by the Great Lakes, a little by the wild rice lakes. I think some even by the Mississippi River, where our heads once lay. We lost a lot of it when the massive change like records to tapes to CDs, and now music comes from space. Language is vital to the murals we leave behind. The Wi-Fi connection to the most high.
Our thanks to Dawson Davenport for joining us and taking the time to to read and joining me for that discussion. Now, there's a couple things that come to my mind when trying to craft a, a prompt for today's episode based on your discussion. And I kept on going back to our kind of realization, the kind of funny tongue-in-cheek that we're both getting up there in age and, and being a part of this hip-hop scene in different ways. And I love the line that Dawson said. I, he said, I hate to admit, but I'm grown up. And I think that's a beautiful prompt to respond to. And the other piece of it is we were talking a little bit about listening to music while we write or how sometimes we do that, sometimes we don't. And I think that's really interesting and something we can explore. So for today's prompt, let's think of this. Create a response to the following. I hate to admit, but I'm grown up. While crafting your response, listen to music. Listen to some new music you just discovered. Or listen to a song you loved from your childhood. Think about a song you loved from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago when you were a little kid. How does this change or influence your process of writing this prompt in response to I hate to admit but I'm grown up? Uh, once again, you can respond in whatever way you please, whether it be writing or art, or we've had some responses of people doing video work, and that was amazing. Um, whatever you got, you can send send it to podcast at angler.org, and we'd love to see it. Uh, until then, um, this is Chewy signing off. See you next time. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Inglert. To learn more, visit inglert.org slash friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs and by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peers the United States Regional Arts and Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation.